0: Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdomadal podcast. Oh, I'm glad you're with me. I'd come down with arseniasis if you poisoned me with the idea that you missed this week's show. Team care. Susan Comfort wants you to go beyond self-care, which we've covered over the last two weeks, to team care. Yes, take care of yourself and your friends, then look after your team. She's founder of Nonprofit Wellness, and this was part of our coverage of the 2021 Nonprofit Technology Conference. This week's show is intentionally short, so you can spend more time taking care of self and team. On Tony's Take Two, Endowment Panel Takeaways. Sounds fascinating. We're sponsored by Turn 2 Communications. I just can't wait for that. PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. <laughs> Turn-2.co. I can't wait for endowment panel takeaways. And by Fourth Dimension Technologies. IT Infra in a Box. The affordable tech solution for nonprofits. Tony.MA slash 4D. Just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Here is Team Care. Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio Coverage of 21 NTC. Do you know what it is? It's the 2021 Nonprofit Technology Conference, where we are sponsored by Turn 2 Communications, turn-2.co. With me now is Susan Comfort, founder of Nonprofit Wellness. Susan, welcome back to Nonprofit Radio.
1: Thanks. Great to be here.
0: It was roughly a year ago, last April, when uh, 2020 NTC was uh, not in person, and we talked with uh, Mo Abdullah about coronavirus and team care.
1: Indeed. And here we are a year later, and we're facing the same issues, except worse.
0: Uh, yes, because it's uh, multiplied by, uh, because we've been in this for over a year. Exactly. Okay, and, that- and so your topic is... Very, very similar. Team care, not self-care. Building resiliency in an era of burnout. Should it be resilience? Should it have been resilience, not
1: resiliency? Building resilience, building resiliency. I think they both work.
0: You do. Hmm. All right. I think one works better than the other. All right. I have to, uh, I'm I'll not a, I'm not facts. strictly a grammarian. I'm only a curmudgeon. I'm not a grammarian or a, <laughs> a et, uh, etymologist. I'm not an etymologist. I'm just a uh, curmudgeonly. Got uh, it. I don't know some some reason I see building resilience.
1: All right. Hey, as long as you build it, I don't care what you call yes, it. Yes, we'll
0: get we'll, we'll be resilient. We'll be resilient. All right. So, uh, yeah, we need to keep taking care of ourselves and our teams through this and and beyond. Right beyond the pandemic, we still gotta be thinking about team care.
1: Well, let me ask you this: What does self care mean to you, Tony?
0: I can give examples. Is that what you uh, is that what you mean? Like sure, yeah. Oh, it means uh, not so occasional uh, daytime naps. It means um, a glass of wine, uh, maybe, no, not every night, but several nights a week, glass of wine after work. Uh, It means ending work at a decent time, even though, uh, well, even before the pandemic, my home has always been in my, my office has been in my home for about 15 years or maybe 20 years. So, uh, but you know, so I don't have trouble closing the door. So there's that, boundaries around time in in terms, in other words. Um, there's some examples, walk on the beach. I I live across the street from the beach and the ocean. So walks on the beach. Love it. Some examples. And uh, why do I think it's important? Because I I can't, I can't be good to other people if I'm not good to myself first. And I, I take that to heart and I think I take good, I mean, I exercise, I eat right. I'm, I, I'm cautious about too much meat and processed foods and things, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it for me.
1: For sure. And we all have the same human body. And so we're feeding it, we're resting it, we're hydrating it, and we're moving it. Those are our physical kind of self-care impetuses, right? That you just gave some great examples of. And we know that we're in charge of self-care, right? There's nobody else in charge of our body. And we're told that we're in charge of self-care. Hey, don't forget to self-care. Take time for self-care. Set your boundaries. Well, guess what? In the nonprofit world, and in the education world, where we're increasingly working, people aren't so great at self care naturally on their own. Yeah, if you're not, you, you can remind right. me of self care, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do it or do it well, right? And,
0: and particularly, we're working in our homes. It's so easy to to lose the boundaries between work and and personal. That's the, where you're you're not allowed in. You're not allowed in after six p.m. or what you know. But sure. but if you're not accustomed to that, you got thrown into it in an instant. There was no there was no teachings going on in uh, in in February and early March about how to do this. You got you got slammed with it.
1: And at first we saw it maybe as a benefit, like, hey, no commute. But then we thought, "Ah, that commute was the one hour a day I had to myself or to listen to the radio or to listen to my book or to detach and create that boundary from work to home. Now, you've been working from home for a while. You've kind of gotten practice at this. But you're right. Everyone else is kind of new to it not so good at it, and being told in a time of unprecedented stress and pandemic, hey, don't forget about self-care, when, you know what, we probably weren't good at it to begin with. And so that's why, well, that's one reason why we focus on team care, because we're just not good at self-care. And the second reason is, especially in a world where we're serving others, we're educating others, we're giving to others, in the nonprofit world we are usually, but it's also because we're in this unprecedented time. Self-care won't cut it. Going back to the regular old normal we used to have isn't gonna work, it wasn't working then. We weren't caring for ourselves particularly well then, and it's not getting any better with bad solutions on a new framework. So we have to take this new framework, a pandemic-informed world, and say, well, how are we gonna do things differently next time? When we return to the offices, what's gonna be different? When we return to our teams, how are we going to manage differently how are we going to work from home differently how are we going to communicate differently all of these things are opportunities to reset our culture so we t- we coach teams nonprofits schools etc how to take that world changing energy and reset your culture so we're actually turning our superpowers on each other taking care of each other which we're really good at doing so that we can take care of ourselves better because having longevity in this career is crucial. Turnover is a silent epidemic facing the the nonprofit and the education worlds. Some of it's measured, often it's not, but if we don't keep people in these jobs longer term, keep the relationships, keep the commitment, keep the knowledge, then we're not going to do a very good job at educating children or changing the world.
0: All right. You have some resources for, for us taking care of ourselves. You have a, personal stress prescription, and a stressor scorecard. Yeah. can we, uh, Can we? we? First of all, can listeners get these somewhere? Sure. Or, or is it something you create on your own? You don't need a template.
1: Well, both. You don't need a template. We created it for you to use as a discussion tool or a self-care uh, tool, but you don't need our form. What we did, and you can download it at nonprofitwellness.org slash resources. What we did was put together a list of about two dozen evidence-based stress relief solutions. These are things that have been studied that are proven to both either lower your cortisol, the stress hormone that's released when we're stressed, or to reset our bodily systems, or to relax us. And there's good and bad things on the list, or quote, good, quote, bad, right? Like friendships you might think of as good, but some friendships are toxic, right? Intoxication you might think of as bad. But actually, you have a glass of wine some nights. It's good. You mentioned it as part of your self-care, right? But for some people, it might be a challenge. Um, I stopped drinking three years ago. For me, it was more of a challenge than a benefit. And so I cut it out because that was easiest. But everybody has to make their own decisions. Is it a glass of wine? Is it none at all? Is it, hey, I need to go out for happy hour more because I'm a little uptight. (laughs) Like You get to make your decision on the personal stress prescription, what works for you. And I guarantee there's stuff on the list you're already doing. Great. Celebrate that. Do it more because that's low barrier to entry if you're already doing it. And then there's stuff on that list that maybe you should pick up something new, something different, new world, new strategies. And then there's stuff on that list that you could really be doing with a team doing with somebody else. And that's going to help you actually do it, have more fun, go longer and Those are the things that we need in our wellness, right? When we actually do it, when we have fun, and when we go longer and harder, right? That's what having a buddy or having a team and accountability aspect to our care, that's what it does for us. And the research shows it. So we need team care, not self-care. I mean, not just self-care. We need team care and self-care. But we like to be a little bit polemic and say team care, not self-care, because we want to differentiate ourselves from everybody that's going, self-care, don't forget. All right. All right. Oh,
0: but we need both. All right. So need- these sure. are at nonprofitwellness.org slash resources. Uh, I did not. Uh, now I'm uh, bringing out my curmudgeon again that uh, I did not. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't miss that. You snuck in template. It's template. It's template. It's template. How do you get template?
1: You, <laughs>
0: Maryland, you, Marylanders born and raised in Maryland. I, I was in New Jersey. We weren't that far away, but it's template. not Tony, template. Tony, how do you spell curmudgeon? C-U-R-M-U-D-G-E-O-N. <laughs> well, because I, I hassled you about resiliency being wrong. Uh, you know, about, if about I'm going to talk good. real
1: ball, Marie's, I say wooder, and I say, you can go down the ocean, and you can walk on the beach all you want, hon, but ain't, you don't have to invite me, are you? You can have your own self-care. <laughs> you want me to do a Maryland accent the whole time, Tony? I'll do it. That, you
0: know, <laughs> that sounds annoying. Um, so, yeah. Not I that.
1: worked at a crab house five summers. I've got the Baltimore accent down pat.
0: You worked at a crab house, indeed. A serving, serving.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even after I was a vegetarian, I served recently. You know, killed, oh. fresh steamed crabs right onto That's your table to right. dismember. Right. Right.
0: So, all right. So, as a vegetarian, uh, is it inappropriate for me to ask you what what uh, what type of crab meat you believe is best for crab cakes? Is it the uh, lump? Is it the jumbo lump, or is it the back? Backfin. I'm a
1: lacto-ovo-crabo-vegetarian, so I'm authorized to speak on this matter. Um, right, of course, right. it's backfin. Backfin. I mean, you you yes. can put anything in a crab cake, but you want jumbo lump and very few breadcrumbs. Wait, wait, wait.
0: wait! You're saying it's backfin and jumbo lump?
1: Well, they're the same thing. Jumbo lump is just the bigger chunks of backfin.
0: Right. Well, with, right. The the lump or jumbo lump, you get a mixture
1: Okay. Get back thin
0: and some lumps, usually in the, the top of the container and the bottom of the container.
1: If you say so, I pick my own crabs, Tony. If you say that's what you get, that's what you get. Just get the best crab meat you can buy right. in the biggest chunks you can. And if you're like me, you can pick your own, make your own crab soup, make your own crab cakes. Just not too much bread, okay? It ruins the crab cake.
0: Right. Not too much. I, I agree. I just, made, <laughs> I just made a batch with uh, very low gluten free uh, Planko, but, but it was two pounds of crab meat and I think a, a third. I guess it was two-thirds of a cup, I think, of... of All right, if we're going
1: to be cremogeny, it's panko, not planko, Tony.
0: Did I say planko? You did. Did I say planko? You did. No, I'm going to play this back. No, did I say planko? (laughs) That's embarrassing. I know it's panko.
1: It sounded like it. You can edit that part out. All right.
0: I'm not going to edit it. No, no, I called you out twice. Template. (laughs) I'm not going to cheat and edit out. (laughs) <laughs> oh, but that's embarrassing I know it's panko of course it's panko thank you for correcting me all right. all right it's very important to know what kind of crab meat is best all right indeed indeed so all right so we take so we get these resources or we just develop our own
1: personal yeah, stress it. prescription your- and stressor and a scorecard the scorecard just- works with the prescription is that how they work together now yeah, the scorecard's under revision. So by the time your listeners hear this, there might be a new one. We took the stressor scorecard, which was based on the ACE scorecard, stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And it's actually a measure of childhood trauma. It's quite trigger- triggering. But we took the ACE scorecard and we said, well, what's the measurement of adult stress? And there wasn't one. So we made one and we kept it a- revising it, and we've gone, undergone another revision, where instead of just ranking your stressors, and these are societal stressors, not work stressors. So it might be identity related to who you are in society. It might be a circumstance related to what you're facing right now in, in your life. So a circumstance could be like a divorce or a food allergy that causes you stress. An identity might be your gender, your race, or your sexual orientation that may or may not, given where you are in society, may or may not cause you stress. So if you know the score when you walk in the door, if you know your stress score from society, then technically we should know who gets the most wellness resources. That would be wellness equity. If we knew who got the most stress, then they would get the most wellness resources. But the way it is now is we give the corporate world wellness resources because it's a $7 billion industry in the corporate workplace. But the nonprofit world and the education world don't really get sort of wellness benefits or like extra help yet I would say that we are probably among the most stressed in society not only do we face a lot of stressors because of who we are and what we face and our lower incomes but also we have really stressful jobs that are that depend on us to literally change the world or change people's minds and that is not the same as a bank job sorry it's just not so we have more stress and we should get more resources than we do
0: we should get more resources than we do right we we definitely should yes, and at least as much as if you're gonna right if you're gonna do it equitably at least as much as you see in the in the corporate side it's time for a break. turn to communications, the relationships the media relationships that you want to have so that you can be heard when you need to be heard when the news merits attention on your work, your opinion of what's happened. You need the relationships. Turn 2 can help you build them. They are themselves former journalists, so they have built relationships on the journalist side, so they know how to do it. And they know what not to do so that you don't defeat your attempt at creating these these donor relationships, these media relationships. right. Turn 2 can help you build up the relationships so when you need to be heard, you can be. Turn 2 Communications. Your story is their mission. turn dot co. Now back to Team Care. The
1: scorecard I didn't go into, though, which is under revision, is the strength, the growth, and the joy that we achieve from these identities and circumstances. So we actually put two scores on the new one where you can rank your stress, but you can also rank your growth and joy. So for example, I'm a woman and I identify as queer. Being a woman and a white woman at that in society has not caused me a lot of stress, but I would say some, maybe a low amount of stress. Being queer in society has not caused me very much stress. But when I look at both of those, and I think of how much growth and joy being a woman has brought me and how much growth and joy being bisexual has brought me as a part of the queer community... That's off the charts. I I rank much higher my growth and joy than I do my stress. And so in that way, I go, hey, what a bonus that I have had this stress in my life. What an opportunity for growth and joy that this stressful thing brought me. And that puts it in a whole new frame for me. I think, yeah, I face a lot of stress in my job and in my life, but look at how much I've grown and how much joy I get out of life. And so that's our stressor scorecard revision. It's now called the stressor and resilience scorecard, because, again, building resilience or resiliency is super important in a time of constant change and stress.
0: Thank you for saying resilience first and then or or resiliency as the second alternative so how do we then bring, <laughs> I know, I'm relentless. If nothing else, I, I don't let go. So how do we bring this now to a team level? Because it's just team care and not self-care. I've been wagging right. my fingers. Listeners can't see, but I'm telling you, I'm wagging my finger. We're distinguishing ourselves from all the, all the nannies who say, take care of yourself. How do we convey this now to team care?
1: Well, I'm glad your listeners can't see us because there's nothing better than nonprofit types wagging their fingers at other people, telling them what they should do. Right? Um, it's really <laughs> simple, Tony. It's really simple. All we have to do is talk about it. So Brene Brown has many best-selling books about vulnerability and shame and courage, and she opines. I mean, the research show shows that when you are vulnerable, you inspire empathy. And it's really the height of courageousness to be vulnerable. It's not opposites. They're two sides of the same. Yes, we've
0: had. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so if you, Tony, are a vulnerable leader and you're courageous enough to say, hey, I've been struggling with um, my physical health in this way. So I'm going to take walks on the beach every morning and I'm going to have a glass of wine every night because that's my plan for self-care. And I want you all to support me in that by not scheduling meetings during my walk time and not making fun of my wine selection or whatever it is. Right. But it, by talking about it, people go, Oh, Tony's being vulnerable with me. That means I can be a little vulnerable with him and say, well, Tony, I'm, I'm struggling with some things in my physical health. And I would like your support on those, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that somebody has to go on the beach with you. It just means that they have to support and know that that's something that you need for your mental or physical health. And when we talk about ourselves, we, we become a little vulnerable, but we keep ourselves safe usually. And then other people have empathy for us because we made ourselves vulnerable. And that builds trust. And trust is the elusive element that so many teams are missing. And so if wellness can be kind of a shortcut to that, great. But it just means we have to talk about it. And that's why we create discussion tools. We want you to be able to talk about this with your team openly, vulnerably, and honestly, but also like, you know, have something to get out of it. Maybe you all could support a a new direction with your team care based on your discussions. Maybe instead of, you know, pastries in the kitchen, you're going to have nuts in the kitchen because it's healthier. Maybe you're going to go for group walks or, you know, measure your steps together. Those are all physical things. But where we really get into the interesting stuff is when we talk about mental health things, which is a little less accepted at work. All right. But that's the most important thing of, of what we're doing.
0: Okay. We, we, before we get to mental health, let's, let's keep it a little simpler, uh, a little safer. How do we just open these conversations? Is this, Like, are we, are we having a meeting for this purpose or is this 10 minutes uh, yeah, at the beginning Any- of, of, of a one hour meeting?
1: All of the above. So, you know, if you have a meeting about it, then that sounds like a wellness committee and that would be great because a wellness committee could definitely, you know, be a, diverse group of voices that pushes the agenda forward rather than like one yoga nut in the office, which is who (laughs) I used to be. Right. But if you don't have time for a wellness committee or you're not ready for a wellness committee yet, no problem. Just at the beginning of every meeting, maybe you ask a check-in question that has to do with health. So like, what did you do already today to support your mental or physical health? That's a quick check-in question. And people will think about, well, what did I do today? Well, does walking my dog count? Maybe walking my dog counts as physical and mental health. Yeah, walking my dog. I'm going to walk my dog more because that's really good for health, right? It makes them think about things in a different way. And it makes them share. Maybe people didn't know you had a dog. Maybe somebody would like to go for a dog walk with you. Maybe somebody, you know, would like to bring their dog into the office. And they know that since you have a dog, you're going to be more open to it. I mean, there's many directions these conversations can go, but you just have to open it up. So it's usually like a check-in question or maybe a lunch and learn or a brown bag lunch where everybody could talk about these things. But I would say set and set a topic. Um, maybe it's nutrition. Maybe it's some specific aspect of nutrition. Maybe it's uh, movement. You know, these are things that are safe and yet they affect our mental health. So if we start talking about physical things that affect our physical health, then we're going to start to get into, well, you know what, when I take, when I exercise, I feel, you know, happier. Well, that's mental health. And so you're going to start talking about mental health, even though you're talking about how you're feeding, moving and resting your body, which is physical. Hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, by the way, if you were the yoga nut, then I guess you would have been pushing up against me, the curmudgeon, in, <laughs> if we were, had been in the same workplace. Probably. Uh, but I'm not, I, you know, this is a recent, uh, a recent um, revelation for me. That I'm, I'm a little curmudgeonly. I see it in my neighborhood. Like, you know, my my neighbor across the street has has uh, a big piece of construction waste in a roll that 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 the the garbage people are not going to pick up because it's been there for over a week. You have to put your garbage in a can. It's got to be it's got to be an authorized can with wheels and it's got to face the right way. But they're not going to pick up this guy's big tarp. But he leaves it out there. You know that so that bothers me. I'm looking at it right now. It's annoying.
1: It sounds like it causes you some stress.
0: Well, it shouldn't be there. It's not right. Part of it is the injustice of it because he knows it's not going to get picked up. It's been there over a week and we have garbage pickups every Monday and Friday. So it's not going. If it didn't go the first day, it's not going the, the, the next or the next after or the after that. So it's the injustice of it. I, I follow the rules. He should do.
1: I think you should get a, and then a giant and then piece
0: of the neighborhood, the neighborhood beautification, you know, right. puts that tarp out there on a big roll. Maybe the next neighbor will put a little load of uh, concrete after he, after he takes his grill out of the concrete slab that it's been in. And they leaves a, a little two foot chunk pile of uh, broken concrete. And there goes the, the neighborhood liberties. And then the next, and the next, uh,
1: next thing I have to sell my home. That would be terrible. Hey, get a big piece of chalk this and is- create some sort of art out of that rolled up tarp. Maybe it's a caterpillar. Maybe you write a note on the street in chalk like, I don't know. I can't think of a uh, thing funny. the hell out of here. Is that, well, that is, would be curmudgeonly. You want, that, want yeah. to be hilarious. <laughs> you used to be a comedian, be hilarious, Tony, yes. something right. funny. Make them laugh.
0: You know what I was laughing about recently? I learned uh, David Sedaris has a home in my town and a lot of people in town have pretentious names on their homes. Like when I moved here, it was seven C's. Yeah. I had that, first thing I had a, a contractor do was rip that stupid seven seat. First of all, it's the Atlantic ocean. It's not a sea, So it's misnamed. <laughs> Second of all, these names are pretentious. David Sedaris has his, his house name is C-section. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? How brilliant is that? Go right to the heart of the pretense. And uh, I love, so if I had thought of C-section, I would have had a contractor make those letters, but he took that one, but yeah. You're right. I could put something uh, in chalk. I have chalk, too, because I have uh, Yeah.
1: Laughter. Right. Laughing right. Out Loud is one okay. of our top 12 this, immune boosters. We wait, just... Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't, this is not and a this, session this, for this my own... Topic because Laughter, Laughing Out Loud, actually, is one of the 12 immune boosters that our M- Masters of Public Health interns researched to find the cheap, easy, absolutely scientific-based immune boosters. And huh. Laughing Out Loud is at the top of the list. So... Uh, you will boost your immune system and everybody on the street if you can figure out something funny to do with that rolled up tarp. I will follow up with you, Tony, to figure out what it was.
0: Okay. okay. The caterpillar is a good idea. I'll I'll, I'll keep, I could make it a big turd, but that's kind of.
1: Yeah. I Amy, mean, you know, say to... like dinosaur turd, you know, like make up a North Carolina dinosaur breed and say like, this is the ancient, you know. It's
0: a, it's a fossilized brontosaurus turd.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right. you're, you're getting there. You're getting there.
0: I'm amusing myself. Uh, no, not, you know, I, I sorry,
1: but that's know, the wellness. Even, all right, so. if you just did it, did it for yourself, right? Then uh, it'd make you laugh rather than making you stressed out.
0: Okay. But I'd like something for the community to be able to chuckle at too. All right.
1: Exactly. So, all right, this is
0: not, not I mean, you are know like, no
1: David Sedaris or anything, but you're Tony Martinetti and that's not, I'm not
0: awesome. right. Okay. I, I, right. I know my place. <laughs> I know my place.
1: Um, all
0: right, so this has turned into an individual mental health uh, exercise, which is not supposed to be. So, uh, but this curmudgeon thing is just evolving in my mind about how I'm, I'm you know, traditions have, there, there's importance around laws and tradition. And, you know, so we, we, you and I might have clashed, uh, but I wasn't curmudgeonly when we would have been in the same workplace. This is only within the past few weeks I've come to this revelation.
1: Blame it on the pandemic. That's what we're all doing. Yeah. Blame right. any bad personality traits on all COVID. Right. You're a long you know, haul
0: lifetime practice. I'm involved, <laughs> it's a lifetime practice, right? It is
1: absolutely
0: so, so. You know, in this phase, I have curmudgeonly, maybe in six months or six years, uh, I'll be out of it. It's time for a break. Fourth dimension technologies, it infra in a box. It's the it buffet. You go through the line, you take what looks appealing to you, what fits within your budget, what fits within where you are. Technology-wise, like help desk, security, uh, assessment, planned uh, planning and budgeting, uh, moving to the cloud, and there is more on the buffet line. You choose what works for your nonprofit, leave the rest behind, you needn't buy it, you needn't pay for it. That's 4D's IT infra in a box. Fourth dimension technologies. Tony.ma slash 4D, just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper, as you know. It's time for Tony's take two, the (laughs) long-awaited endowment panel takeaways. Yes, I was part of an endowment panel uh, about a month ago or so, graciously hosted by NXUnite. Uh, part of nexus marketing. And this panel was called uh, Endowment, Excitement, Fundraising, and Management. I was the fundraising part, and the other three folks were the management part. Either the fundraising part was very shallow, because was only one to three ratio, or it takes three of them to equal the uh, prowess of the uh, fundraising panelist. Well, I'll leave that to, to you for you to decide. And the way you can decide is to uh, read the uh, takeaways that are I have on the blog. The uh, panel takeaways you will find at PlannedGivingAccelerator.com, PlannedGivingAccelerator.com, and you click blog, and the uh, takeaways are right there. That is Tony's take two. We've got just about a buttload more time for Team Care with Susan Comfort, because this week's show is shorter so that you can do the care that Susan is talking about. You have some skills like you, uh, your, your workshop identified that you have some like skills we can practice. Yes. do stress for our teams and ourselves yes I
1: think this is a really good one this is a really good one okay so what I want you to do is look out the window and anyone listening just look out the window right now Tony's going to be looking at a giant right. brontosaurus okay. turd across the yes. street all right and uh you want to name five things you see out the window besides the brontosaurus turd Tony go oh
0: the ocean the uh the walkway the, the little wooden walkway to the ocean my neighbor's homes, who I don't know too well. I'm a little curmudgeonly. Uh, and there's my uh, my front yard landscaping, which I'm very proud of.
1: Excellent. What's one of the parts of the landscaping that's number five?
0: Oh, the uh, Mexican petunias. They're just starting to bloom. Awesome. Well, grow. They're not blooming yet, but they're growing out of the ground, green.
1: You can, you can see that their roots have uh, taken hold. So... That's, that's part of a mindfulness exercise where you name five things you can see, four things you can um, touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And it's, a, it's an anxiety arresting exercise where if you're feeling anxious, you're worried about stuff, you're thinking into the future, you're worried about the past, you come back to the present moment. And how do you do that? Five things you see four things you can touch, name them, touch them, see them, say it out loud. That will bring you back to the present moment, forces you because you're engaging all five of your senses. Oh,
0: five senses, right, right. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's the, the yeah. best thing we can do for our mental health is be mindful. The second best thing is to move our bodies because moving our bodies trains our brain. And so being mindful, being more mindful, being better mindful, these are all things we can do or things we can all do being more movement, having better movement, being movement oriented. These are things we can all do no matter how much we move, no matter how much we're meditating or mindful. But mindfulness is just being aware of the present moment, but it takes us out of that worrying cycle. It takes us out of that rumination prefrontal cortex and actually forces us to be in the present moment, which is a huge skill. I practice it every day for seconds per day. I'm I'm aspiring to get up to minutes, you know, just being mindful, being present. That is a huge skill that I have been practicing a ton. And that is a relief that I don't have to become a meditator. I can just be a mindful person. What a relief. I don't have to sit and meditate. I can just be mindful.
0: Would you count down the uh, the five again, please? Five sure. things you can see, five things you four can things see. you can touch.
1: Then what? Three things you can um, hear. Two things you can smell and one thing you can taste.
0: Okay. And, so go, and ta- go and do them? You no, know,
1: you just are in the moment like, oh, I have a, um, you know, old coffee taste in my oh, mouth. Yeah.
0: It's just that okay. moment.
1: Of, right, that's what yeah. I'm experiencing in this moment right now, you know? Okay. Yeah. So the skill that I would ask everyone to practice is just being present, just taking a present mindful breath several times a day. We take 20,000 breaths in a day. So try and make like three of the mindful ones, maybe 10. You know, those are skills we can always practice and always improve. And they're actually good for your brain. It's not just like woo-woo yoga teacher stuff.
0: I like being mindful around food. That I'm I'm actually I'm tasting it. I'm enjoying the texture. Yes. The smell. I like to I can smell the food before I taste it so that I get an extra sense of taste because the, the aroma is wafting over my palate. Yeah. Um, like Skin that out.
1: You can anticipate food. Like I'm gonna have some sort of chickpea thing for dinner and I'm anticipating those chickpeas. You can cook the food mindfully and like be in the moment while you're cooking and like appreciating those textures before they get soft in the oven or, you know, just all of the moments of food. It's not just smelling it and eating it. It's the anticipation, the preparation, the cleaning up, the discussion about it, the laughs that you had over the meal. Like if you could be present for all of that, amazing.
0: Let's, if we spend a little more time, uh, I'll I'll give you your own, your own show on uh, nonprofit radio. You don't have to be, (laughs) We've already been like a half an hour because I went on a diatribe about curmudgeon and and <laughs> the is stirred and we turned it into a personal thing for me. Well, I'm the center of the universe, so I think that's appropriate.
1: We all are yeah. the center of the universe. In fact, we all are uh, of our own little universe. Amazing.
0: Oh, so that's not so. So that's not. That's not- <laughs>
1: Not well, to you me... afraid, But that's why people love talking about themselves because they're the center of the universe. And if you ask me a question of myself about myself, well, thank God somebody noticed that I'm the center of the universe. I would love to tell you about my food or my exercise or when I am most present. Yes. I would like to tell you about that because I love talking about myself. We all love talking about ourselves in some way.
0: We do. Some, some of us more than others.
1: Some more than others. You know, you could just go on clubhouse and do your show there. Tony, have you thought about that? No, what is Clubhouse? Well, wow, that's a that's a topic for another day. It's an invite-only uh, iPhone-only app that is sort of taking over the social media world. Uh, well, I've obviously dated myself. I'm 59, <laughs> so I'm not uh, hiding. So,
0: I'm I'm not familiar with Clubhouse. Um, let's see. Well, all right, where can we spend a little more time, Susan Comfort? Um I don't know. You tell me. You're the you're the person who thinks about this all the time. I only. I
1: think everybody should stop listening and go outside and take a walk. Wait, or maybe wait, they're listening wait, while no, they. Take
0: at the walk. end, of the, don't stop now. Keep listening until the end.
1: No, you should stop. Stop now. There's nothing of, of value coming later. Stop now. Turn it off. They won't <laughs> do it, Tony.
0: you're killing my show. They're not going to up-
1: turn it off. They're addicted to you. They can't <laughs> wait to see what curmudgeonly thing you're going to say next. <laughs>
0: All right. We, uh, so uh, so what, what do you want people to do? Stop? I
1: want to, I want to stop the interview. I want people to go actually take care of themselves, but in a team. Because that's what I'm talking about. Team care, not self-care. <laughs> no, we usually end our trainings 10 minutes before the hour because we don't want people to be back to back to back with meetings all day because then guess what? You don't have any time to take care of yourself. So if anybody ever asks me if they're like, do I have any other questions or what else should we do? I say we should stop doing this thing and go take care of ourselves, go outside and take a walk on the beach, Tony.
0: Okay. I'm going to end the show, which uh, you, so we, together with the uh, little sponsor message that I have to put in and my Tony's take two and I, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be about a 36 or 37 minute show. And usually they're more like 45.
1: No, everyone or, should take that 10 minutes and go do 45 something. To, no,
0: Actually, I'm cutting myself short. No, they're more like 50 to 50 to 60 minutes. It's 50. 50, 50, well, Look,
1: so, I have plenty to say. I can talk about this stuff for hours. No, I, no, I'm no, no. We're taking things. your
0: advice now. We're shutting it no, off.
1: No. No. I'm just saying, have me back. People can go listen to me on YouTube, whatever. But you don't need me. People need to go take care of themselves. Tony, you're keeping them from it. All right, now well, standing so just, in the way of self care.
0: Well, you were just teasing. You were just teasing, saying I could talk about this forever. I'm saying no. You <laughs> already said shut it off, so we're shutting it off. All right. I'm, we're, t- we're building this show around your advice. All right, great. Susan Comfort, are your pronouns, uh, what are your pronouns?
1: She, her, and ella. Okay. Habla español. Debemos entrevistar en español la próxima vez.
0: Next time. Okay, I understood some of that. Good. Susan Comfort, founder at Nonprofit Wellness. You can get the resources that she talked about, the personal stress prescription, and the new updated stressor and something else scorecard. Resilience. Stressor and Resilience, not resiliency, scorecard at nonprofitwellness.org slash resources. All right, Susan, thank you very much. You got
1: it. Hope to talk to you uh, soon again on the beach.
0: I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, Thank you. And thanks to each of you for listening to nonprofit radio coverage of 21 NTC, the 2021 Nonprofit Technology Conference. Next week. Uh, It will not be a replay of The Fermentation Show. I give you my word. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you. Find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn 2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. And by Fourth Dimension Technologies, IT Infra in a Box, the affordable tech solution for nonprofits. Tony.ma slash 4D. Just like 3D, but, you know, they go one dimension deeper. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out. And be great!